It's time we honor the biggest lie ever told, that if we made money as a business owner or hit a certain dollar amount, our problems would suddenly go away, right? My name is Cheryl Dorsey. I'm a data journalist, a tech founder, and a longtime entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, and have done what feels like all the things. Yet I still wonder on a daily basis, am I doing this right? As entrepreneurs, we provide more time than we have, risk more money than most, and sell or are sold to more than we would like to admit. It's my mission through this show to give you a space to honor the powerful builder and CEO in you, even when sometimes it feels like no one should have left you in charge. Incredible work doesn't come without painful lessons. Welcome to I think I'm doing this right. So welcome back to I Think I'm Doing This Right. Today, my guest is both a friend and someone who I have watched build a company from the ground up. He's a digital creator who is also a senior software engineer at MailChimp and the founder of Render Atlanta, a software engineering conference that focuses on culture as the underpinning of successful engineers. A software engineering conference that focuses on culture as being one of the underpinnings of successful engineers. The 2021 Render Atlanta Conference brought together over 300 engineers with over 20 speakers to drive diversity, inclusion, and accessibility in the software space. The 2022 conference features four days of content for over 1,000 attendees and 50 plus speakers. And let me tell you, I attended the Render Conference in 2021 and it was lit. Like the nerdiest, swaggiest people on the planet. Lanyards that were like gold chains. A wing bar, because it is not Atlanta Conference unless there is a wing bar. And a trap museum where you can go sneak off, get your work done, answer phone calls, take conference calls, or do whatever you want. It was so lit. Let I want to welcome my Thank guest you. today. I'm so excited to welcome Justin Samuels. Appreciate you. How are you doing? Um, I think can't really accurately answer that question anymore. I'm doing okay, I guess okay. you could say. <laughs> well, you you didn't throw your phone today, so I right. feel like you know it's a good day when yeah. you haven't thrown your phone across the room just I, yet. I think it's all about. Uh, micro <laughs> improvements and just trying not to lose your mind every day out here. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So we met officially mm -hmm. early days of the pandemic. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, you were like, hey, I just want to meet you. I'm trying to build, you know, community yeah. contacts. Would you be willing to like have a sit down? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like I had just been sitting at home <laughs> you mean the looking at the time. balls, like, yeah. you know, on the laptop, just, you know, trying to like yeah. stay sane. Mm -hmm. But I appreciated that so, so much. And you have such an interesting, unique like pathway into this technology space. Mm -hmm. So so tell me about how you got into tech and how you became a software engineer. Um, so I started out in tech, honestly, back in the uh, 
um, MySpace days. So okay. I started out, I used to be that a nerdy kid in school. You wanted to make your a top eight hot, then you came to me because I was the kid that knew how to put like a music in the a background or I would make your own themes and everything like nice. that. Nice. So then what happened was- Shout out to Tom at MySpace. Yo, like that was I owe Tom era. some checks for real. <laughs> I was making all kinds of like $20 here, $10 here, just because, you know, I was in like elementary school, middle school and all my friends were giving me like twenty dollars just to like make their page you know nice um so like run it up right i'm here for it right so then i went to college and then i was kind of lost a lot of people don't even notice but i was actually a a culinary arts major at the time really yeah i was all into food and whatnot i mean i say culinary arts but the actual term was a chronology which was the uh, science behind cooking so like okay so like food science yeah well kind of because uh, food science is more along like FDA approvals and how to get stuff to pass. Gotcha. This is the actual art, uh, sorry, the actual uh, science of uh, cooking. So like, w- what is the logic behind why a, a cake would uh, arise? Interesting. You know, stuff like wow. that. Um, but please don't ask me nothing right now because I don't remember any of that shit at all. Okay, but like what, what compelled you to go from like, you are slanging MySpace pages for like $20 mm-hmm. to I want to go study like the science of food. I was your typical teenager slash a younger adult where yeah. I was just trying to find my way, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was everything from a business to a nutrition. Then I was like, I enjoy eating the food a lot, so nutrition's <laughs> not gonna work for me. I try to tell somebody, you gotta lose weight, but I gotta lose weight, that ain't gonna work out long-term. So then I went to culinology, cause I can now eat the food, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I was walking past a poster one day with my LB, um, Akeven, mm-hmm. and I saw this uh, a piece of code and I was like, oh, I know what that is. He's like, oh, you should think about becoming a major in a BIS. And I was like, okay, which those who don't know, that stands for business information systems. And I walked into the room, started talking, and they were like, yeah, I think you'll be a good fit. And like they say, the rest is history, pretty much. That's so, incredible. Yeah. And what I love about your journey, too, is that, you know, I'm from Seattle. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, there was this expectation for me to like go into software engineering and then I went to fashion and business right Uh so but like like it was a natural like it would have been a natural transition for me coming from like Microsoft City yeah and you're from Bridgeport Bridgeport, Connecticut Connecticut. yeah which I didn't even learn was a place until like (laughs) 2014 because I did a fellowship program there Mm -hmm. and then you went and got your engineering degree no, or I got a, uh, the, a your BIS, degree. right? Yeah. Your business information systems degree yeah. in Mississippi. Mississippi State. And so State. Yes. Well like so <laughs> so I'm thinking like these aren't necessarily places where you where you think of training people up in this idea of information technology or information system mm-hmm. or technology as a whole. Mm-hmm. So like like as you have clearly created such a phenomenal career for yourself. Mm -hmm. A senior software engineer at MailChimp who Mm -hmm. just also recently sold to Intuit, right? Over this last year. And one of like the top employers, very prestigious employer um, here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Could you have imagined, you know, that kind of route from Bridgeport, Connecticut Mm -hmm. to Mississippi to now I'm like really killing it as a software engineer? So the honest answer is absolutely. So mm. I just uh, I didn't know the a path. Okay. Like I always knew I would be known for a, a thing, and I had a timeline on what I wanted to do and when. 
it was like, what is going to be that a vessel that okay. unlocks that timeline for me? Mm. And that's all I really cared about was how do I become a person that could own their own, you know, business? Mm. How can I make my own way to move to a, a major city? Yeah. These are all things that I have my own uh, benchmarks for, but I was just unsure of if I'm going to do it through a culinary arts or through a tech or anything else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At the end of the day, my dad, he's an immigrant. And so I've always had this you got to hustle all the time mentality. Okay. And I had knew one way or a, another, I would just hustle my way out of it. But as we learn, when you own a, a business, you got to kind of learn not to work in the business no more, work on it. Yeah. And you get yeah. to a point where you're like, okay, I'm hustling harder than hustling smarter. So Absolutely. that's the mindset I'm Absolutely. on now. So Render, um, Render, it's so fascinating to me because it is very unapologetically like Atlanta. <laughs> it's unapologetically like swaggy. And yeah. I remember I've been to lots of tech conferences mm -hmm. as a journalist and as someone in this space. And I had never seen anything like it. And like hardcore tech, like yeah. I was sitting in a session and maybe it was a React um, yeah. session. More and likely. like it was like real like code on the board. Yeah. Like here's why your code is jacked up and you don't have to <laughs> get this fixed up. up. Like that yeah. was like, I was like, this is how, this is how, like, I understand, like, tell me why this is, this is trash, <laughs> yeah. right? And I just saw the embeddedness of the culture. But can you talk to me about the building and the idea of Render? And then, obviously, some of the challenges that arose as you were trying to launch Render. Oh, man, that's a, like, the challenges that came about as I tried to launch it or the challenges I'm going through now? I mean, clearly, oh, shit. clearly, clearly, you need a session <laughs> yeah. to talk about today. Oh, yeah, today been wild. Yesterday was wild, but today, yeah, today. <laughs> well, well, let's start out. Well, let's start here. Let's start at the idea for Renter. Okay, so the idea truthfully came about because I was back in Mississippi for a um, tech conference called Magnolia JS. Okay, and I was out there. It was uh, me and my guys. All of them actually spoke at the conference in 2021, but all of us were out there and they were like, what tech conferences are happening in ATL? And I was like, I think there's only like a one, mm. but it's actually not in Atlanta. It's actually out in a cop, which we know is not Atlanta. It's not Atlanta. It's not I Atlanta. love that song. That's not Atlanta. <laughs> so it's happening at the Cobb Galleria. And I was like, well, that's not really Atlanta. Okay. We need to have our own thing. And then mm. after that, I was like, well, if we have our own thing, me being a, a black man, I want this shit to be like hot to yeah. where I want to come to, not oh corporate hot. You need to be a blackness everywhere, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then next thing you know, I joined a TGS. I was like, okay, this is the spot where I want to yeah, have this. Yeah, the gathering at. spot. Yeah. Black on co-working spot. Yeah. Right? And, and they then, just recently sold to exactly another black owned company. They sold to Greenwood. Yeah. Yeah. So the Greenwood. Yeah. yeah. So joined that, and to make a long story short, I was like, if we have this tech conference, I'm gonna do it my way. I don't want to be done anybody else's way. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to say, I was unapologetic about the rules. And mm -hmm. I wanted people to feel like they could bring their kids there, they yeah. could bring anybody they love there, and ultimately leave feeling fulfilled both culturally and of food as well. Yes, so. the food was amazing. Yeah. I will say, what do you feel like you've gotten right about 
launching Render because it is taking off like crazy. Yeah, I think what we got right was just being unapologetic. That's A, and then B, understanding our cash flow. Those are the two things that I used to be overwhelmed by it, but now that we have a grasp on it, I'm like, okay, I know when we gotta move money, when we wanna have cash on hand, when I could take crazy chances on stuff like, we launched a black tech house Mm -hmm. and we had a whole tour. It costed us a lot of money to do, but I said, okay, we got this cash on hand, let's make this thing up you know a a reality yeah stuff like that i feel like a a lot of a um a lot of entrepreneurs wait around to get that part right and then they can't ever really grow they're just doing Mm -hmm. the same thing again and again and again and they're like well why is my competition doing better it's like because you got to innovate but the only way you could take those risks yeah is if you understand your cash flow and you understand your uh, customer which goes back to me being unapologetic so yes Okay, so now we'll touch on this year, right? Like, like. Been a whole <laughs> Should be nuts. <laughs> but but that's also what happens with growth, yeah. right? Is that like it gets a little bit harder when you are taking bigger risks. You've brought on a team. I feel like I've met some of your team members as well. It's yep. been really wild to see, especially because you know the first the first year you know, kind of coming out of a pandemic, like trying to figure out, you know, how do you maneuver and grow? And now, have you doubled the numbers? A triple. You've, okay. We tripled. All right, well. We tripled both on the attendees and on the um, overall income too. Like we've tripled that. And then we've a 10X, I wanna say at this point, the amount of partners we have now. Too. That's incredible. Yeah, so it's been fun. So you've built a multi-million dollar tech conference i wouldn't go that far yet. in atlanta <laughs> yes 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 so just um just do you see yourself as being or becoming a full-time entrepreneur at some point like at some point like render's going to get so big that you are forced to say like i have to devote 100 percent of my time and attention and not that not that like you have reduced your your input into the to the business or the leadership right. around building the conference but you know what what does that potential transition look like for you when you feel like okay i've 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 got to go full throttle yeah i think at the end of the day that's going to be determined upon everything that's at play so what the market is telling me is like hey if we give you x amount of millions then what can you do mm. and if we do a great enough job in 2022 and say okay we I gave you X amount. Let's try to increase that. And if we increase that, what is going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is Justin will have to quit yeah. his other job yeah. because we've hired 18 people. Mm-hmm. And the 18 people are like all working tirelessly every day. Yeah. So the only way that we could ever increase it is if I'm paying attention the whole time. Yeah. You know, and we hire more as well. Yeah. So what's yeah. been the toughest part of? all of this coming pretty quickly. I mean, to go from like zero to 18 to, you know, tripling in size, tripling the amount of partners you're Mm -hmm. working with, like that just requires more and more and more. And a lot of times, like when you explode, your business just explodes, you go from concept to a proof point. (laughs) Like that can be a hard, like you're having to spend this time like catching up to yourself. How do you how do you manage that and feel like okay I think I'm doing I'm clearly doing something right I may not know what it is but right. I'm doing something right 
Hey folks, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I hope you're getting all the gems and all the tools from the lessons here. I just wanted to make sure I took the time to tell you about my new book, Upper Hand, The Future of Work for the Rest of Us. You can get it wherever books are sold. In it, I dive into the roadmaps of helping you, your loved ones, students, mentees, communities really understand and define strategies for understanding the language of innovation, entrepreneurship, and what's ahead. It's built with pages of exercises, lists of free or low-cost education tools and certifications, and a full 10-page list of what jobs will define the future, the salaries of those jobs, and prerequisites. If you've ever felt overwhelmed about what you need to get started in the tech industry or simply need a bit of guidance on how to create opportunities for yourself, pick up Upper Hand today. I think the hardest part or the thing that has been the most crucial is honestly staying close to my uh, purpose. Mm -hmm. Because when you do start, like you said, your business explodes, everybody's wants your time, everybody's trying to ask you questions about everything. There are times where you gotta really remember why you began this thing, right? And hold that close to you, because when the customer starts to be like, "Hey, I paid you X amount, I want to hear about this and that," it can get overwhelming at times. You're like, "Leave me alone." Yeah. But then you're like, "No." And then the phone I goes across these. the room. Right. The phone you're goes like, across the room ah. really quickly, <laughs> really quickly. Uh, but then you calm down. Like, okay, these are problems that I used to pray for, you know, right. and I'm very happy to be in this position now. I love that. I always say I have good problems. Yeah, you got good problems. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days where I'm like, this is a horrible problem to have right now. And now I'm yeah. going to go work at Trader Joe's right. in my happy place because I don't want to do this uh, You anymore. know what's crazy just to like touch on that though is like <laughs> I told somebody because they were asking me, oh, what is the thing that you envy? Because mm-hmm. I always tell people like I have everything that, that I want. I got enough money, I got a nice car, I got a nice house, I have my a cat at home, I have all Your that. Your cat, peace. <laughs> yeah, I have all that. But I the thing that. that I envy the most is when I see people that are happy being complacent. Mm. You know, and this is not to talk down to anybody that just works like a nine to five, but I meet people that are like, I'm happy I just work my nine to five, I have my wife, I have my kids, I have my dog, <laughs> my, wife, my, my cat, kids, my dog, and yeah. I get paid time off, and I'm happy. But me, or even you, you're like, there is a more out there. And right. I want to do it all. Yeah. And you are never going to be satisfied just hanging out. Yeah. But that is a, a gift and a curse because now I'm like, man, those people are just happy being at home watching TV. Yeah. I couldn't ever be happy doing that. Right, know? right. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing not wrong with it now. But did you, have it. you seen Hamilton? No. Okay, see. <laughs> you're judging me already. See, look at I you. Am. You judge me like, really? Your task, <laughs> amongst all the other things you have to do, is to see Hamilton. But there is this one musical component where it's uh, it's like you know you'll never you'll never be satisfied. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I sing that in my head, you know, and it's like really my like sometimes like my friends or my significant other will just be like, you're never gonna be satisfied. <laughs> And it's like, no, like I, there's so many things I have to do before I die. And I gotta just like try to right. figure that out right. along the journey. And I think that that really does, that, that really is such a core part of what entrepreneurship is. Yeah. It is, I see something in the world that doesn't exist. And you wanna go create it really quickly. I have to create it, I gotta create it quickly. Sometimes with no money, no context, no resources, no time. And right. I have to literally, pull something out of thin air 
to, to, to make happen. Right. And as I watch you do this, because you regularly give me updates, which I love, because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is gone. This is blown up, yeah. like incredibly. But yes, it's that hard part. It's that emotional component as well that like are you taking care of yourself are you you know are you um are you sleeping well are you eating well <laughs> none of those things happen yeah. it's easy to neglect that yeah what do you feel like you've gotten wrong that you've had to course correct in this last year um i would say my mindset on understanding that i could I do it all it's impossible to ever win every single battle instead i like to think now how can I uh, mitigate the uh, bleeding yeah. and still be happy, you know? Because I used to be like, well, I'm uh, killing it in uh, the gym. And my sleep pattern is amazing. But I've been spending a lot of, like, money on, like, a BS. Mm-hmm. Or I'm What kind starting... of things do you buy? Because I'm like an Uber Eats. I'm like a, like... What do I sim- buy? Bring me my food. Like, my bill on meal delivery is, like, ridiculous. But, but but see, is that truly you or is that the entrepreneur you? It's probably the entrepreneur you. Yeah, I'm just like, the entrepreneur you probably If I take that. a break, it's just take an hour to prepare. Exactly. And I'm like, I can get something. I can eat salad. Like, I can do exactly. that real quick. Right, right, right. Exactly. Because like, I hate going to Uber Eats or DoorDash, but when you're doing client proposals and emails, you're like, yeah. okay, order this. Okay, when right, right, do this, right. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you know break, but... To answer your question, what I spend my money on, honestly, I, ha- I don't really buy stuff. Yeah. Truthfully. Like, so then you know that it's out of control when you are buying a lot of things. Correct. Because like, anytime I uh, buy stuff and let anybody know on camera, this is not to like brag or anything, but mm-hmm. anytime I do buy stuff, it's an actual a major purchase. So like I, I bought a house. Yeah, like when they just show up, you're like, I just I buy the house this weekend. And- That's legit what I did. Like, I bought a house this weekend. Yeah. And I did it. Or like, when I bought my car, I got I, I got up one day and said, I'm buying a car. And I had a car at the house in the next hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. all my stuff I spend money on is going to be a bigger stuff. Okay. And that's because I detach myself from materialistic items now. Mm. Like, I could be like, well, I can't really aff- afford this thing. I'm not gonna try to overextend myself gotcha. and do it. Okay. Or like a lot of people really want to drive a nice a Bentley. Mm-hmm. I'm like a car is a car. Like I really don't care no more. Mm-hmm. I like a nice car, but mm-hmm. I more so care about the functionality of it. I'm not right. like it had to be a name brand this or name brand that because okay. I've now realized it's all the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so you were talking about the you know about that that transitioning your mind where you have to realize like I can't do all of these things myself yeah, I can't. have to I have to build a team I have to I right. have to outsource in order to get further so that I can move on to that next vision right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey folks my new podcast is not the only place to get tips and gems and updates from me You can also go to my website at shereldorsey.com and sign up for my monthly newsletter where I share thoughtful essays on productivity, innovation, business, as well as new projects I'm working on. I'd love to have you share this podcast and give me a shout on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or wherever you're being social these days. And if you're enjoying the content thus far, don't forget to leave your girl a review. Okay, now back to the show. So... (laughs) What's up? Sorry, I want you to elaborate. Sorry. Oh, my bad, my we'll bad. Go back. <laughs> my bad. I just heard you talking about it. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, no. Okay, so no so, so you so you alluded to this like 
to scale, to be sane in all no. of this, you can't do everything yourself right, anymore. No. So you talk about, you know, starting render, you now have, you know, 18 plus people. I think by the time this podcast comes out, it'll probably be more, probably be more. more folks. Um, can, can you just like share a bit about going from zero to 18? Zero how, to 18. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like how you were able to adapt to that like incredible change and transition to, you know, idea to now, like, I have to lead this team to mm -hmm. bring this, this entity that I've built out of my brain by asking a question into fruition. So to be honest, uh, there is no a playbook for this shit at all. <laughs> like at all. Uh, we have a, a cameraman that actually uh, uh, follows us around all the time. So mm. uh, one day when the, when the thing is huge, you could actually see me at the uh, very first meeting we had with all of us there. And I was like, hi, I don't really know what to do. I, all I had knew was I need to hire people. Yeah. And now I have you. And I don't know what the hell to do with you that you're here now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my biggest thing coming out of that was that I had to realize I don't got to like master what they're going to do. I just have to understand that they are the smarter one yeah. to get the task done. Yeah. And just... I trust them at the end of the day. At the end of the day, yeah. yeah. Just completely trust them and understand that nobody will ever do a good of a job as you. Once you understand that, you're like, you know what? It's fine that you didn't adopt this eye right here. Because I would adopt the eye right, across the like T. Me, you know what I mean? Threw some glitter on it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But you got the job done, though. That's all I care about. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. trust and just understand that it's always going to be your child. Yeah. And I don't think anybody would care about your child the same exact way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you feel like you're doing right, or what do you, what do you think that you're doing right? Am I doing right? I learned how to delegate, and the engineer in me learned how to scale from the beginning. Because mm -hmm. anytime we are writing code, we always think about okay, how will this code work in three years, eight years, or ten mm. years? And that is my superpower where I'm like, okay, y'all, we're gonna solve this, but we're not gonna be a one-time thing. We're gonna solve this for the next two years, or the next five years. The downside is it could sometimes hurt you because you're gonna hold up getting things out the door. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing is when the time comes for stuff to actually work, it just flows again yeah. and again. Like even going back to how we scaled this year, the only way uh, we were able to scale so quickly was because we had everything laid out. Mm -hmm. So when it was time to go from 100,000 to a, a million, it was a, a flip of a switch. Yeah. Not, okay, we got to shut down, find new software, do all that. We already had everything there. Wow. So. Planning for longevity. Yeah, I'd say that and just honestly trusting everybody and just uh, mm -hmm. delegating a task. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that people sleep on a lot are learning how to build robots. They really save your life. Like, yeah. We use Zapier on yep. the back end. Yep. And I automate, I think I got like last check, I got like 40 or so Zaps. Yeah. But they take care of a ton of the things we got to get done. Like yes. the mindless things every single day. Absolutely. So. That's such a part of like how you're, which, how you're operating and using your tech stack, it's going to matter Absolutely. in the long run to save you time right, overall. Right. It's like I tell my team, we try to build everything so that you could be a portable. Yeah. And I always say, ask yourself this question. 
can I get the job done on my phone? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, first time I told him this, a team was like, why is that a huge deal? I'm like, well, because if you could get it done on your phone, you could be on a beach drinking a drink and still get the job done. Right. And then that's when everybody, oh, that's smart, because now we know we are building it to be a portable now. You know? I love that. Mm-hmm. Building a portable company. Mm-hmm. I love that. Justin, where can we find you and find out about Render? I am not online. I'm joking. <laughs> you can find me um, on all social media. It's at Thug Debugger. T-H-U-G-D-E-B-U-G-G-E-R. So, yeah. um, and I think that's the true intersection of culture and code right there. Yes. With my um, username. Render, you can go to enterrender.com. So E-N-T-E-R or E-N-D-E-R.com. I'm really looking forward to attending the conference. My team is like really excited about Render. It's gonna like, be we nuts. Talk about it like at our all hands. Yeah, I'm excited because I want to get my chain again, and I want to <laughs> go to the Wing Bar. Oh my God! Well, we got a couple <laughs> cool things at the Wing Bar this year. I'm so. excited. I'm excited. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate again. you for having I me. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Seriously. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. That's it for this episode. Stay tuned for the next one. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of I Think I'm Doing This Right. I hope this was your one hour to breathe, connect, relate, and realize you are not alone on one of the greatest self-development journeys there is to embark on, entrepreneurship. Make sure to share this with your other friends who are just trying to figure it out so more of us can have a safe space to learn as we grow. Until next week, remember... This journey is all about grit, grace, and gratitude.